day is going to be called the danger of distractions. Can everybody say that? The danger of one more time, all together. The danger of distractions. Amen. And I think people don't really understand, or at least I, I know for myself, I didn't really understand that distractions, what the enemy can't destroy, he distracts. And what we are not, if we are not aware of what is going on and the deception of the enemy, it's going to be easier for us to get distracted. So, See, why are distractions so dangerous? Because distractions, if we're taking notes, distractions can deceive you, bind you, and eventually destroy the confidence that God has given you to walk in your purpose. That's what makes them so dangerous. It's not, obviously, we don't want to sin, okay? But you get distracted before you sin. So what happens is what the enemy will do, if you think about it, the Garden of Eden, before the fall happened, the enemy had to first talk to Eve and distract her and deceive her. If she wasn't distracted first, she wouldn't have fallen. She wouldn't have bit the fruit. So what we want us to receive today and what God has for us to receive is we're no longer going to keep getting distracted. No more. No more. Because what the enemy wants is because if he can distract you, he can keep you from walking in your purpose. So much so that if you're distracting yourself, you're not even going to realize doing them. Why? Because you got distracted. Teach it line on top of line on top of line. Even if they weren't always great, okay? Because not all the stories in the Bible, people had, you know, their situations too, okay? And we can use those situations to learn from them. God uses them so that we can learn from them. Wisdom is applied knowledge. So if I am learning and using the wisdom from what God has put in the Bible from someone else's story, then it's like, okay, I don't want to end up like that person. Let me apply what they didn't do. And the Lord quickly brought to my remembrance the story of Samson and Delilah. Do you all know the story of Samson and Delilah? Raise your hands if you've read it. Yes, no, heard about it somewhat. So I don't have time to go through the whole story today because we'll really be here all day. But in the story of the book of Judges, I want to say it's Judges 14 or 13 at where it starts off, but y'all can go back this week and look at it and make sure I'm saying everything correctly. <laughs> but it starts off with a man named Manoah. And Manoah and his wife were buried for many, many years. And at that time in, in the Israeli women, it was considered um, a disgrace to not have children. So she was barren, and one day the Lord came to her in the form of an angel and said to her, Hey, you're going to, have, you're going to give birth to a son, but I'm going to give you specific instruction because he is going to be dedicated to me as a Nazarite. And Nazarites, what they did, they were given specific instruction from the Lord because they vowed to the Lord to keep themselves holy for him, especially during that time. So Nazarites, they did not cut their hair. They did not eat any type of like meat or like unclean foods. Like they didn't go near like dead things from like a certain period of time. Um, but the main thing, no alcoholic beverages, that type of stuff. But the main thing that the Lord is very clear on to her parents, to his parents, and even when Samson is born, is he should never cut his hair, ever. Because that was a very important vow to the Lord, a physical sign that he was like, I vow to you, I'm not going to, I'm going to live for you, because the Lord wanted to use Samson to defeat the Philistines. 
So later on, Samson gets older, all that stuff, and he has a lot of distractions. Everybody say distractions. Distractions. With women. And this story is like soap opera, drama, like dramatic, all that stuff. It has all of it. So he gets distracted with all these women. He ends up getting engaged to this one lady and breaks off the engagement. The lady ends up being killed by the Philistines, um, her and her father. And Samson is so angry that he ends up killing a lot of the army, a lot of the Philistines. So they are like, have it out for him. They're like, he keeps killing all of our people. He's not even from our area and he keeps killing us. So now we are gonna come to the part, now you guys remember what I said. What does he keep being distracted with? Women. Women, okay? So, Nanny said a lot of them. <laughs> so, what? now we're at the part of the story where Samson meets Delilah. What's her name? Delilah. Delilah, okay? All right, so I'm gonna be putting it on the screen and I'm gonna be reading it from here as well, okay? Judges 16, four through Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah who lived in the valley of Sorek. The rulers of the Philistines went to Tice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and tied up securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah, Delilah said to Samson, please tell me what makes you so strong and what it would take to tie you up securely. And Samson replied, if I were tied up, that have not yet been dried, I would become as weak as anyone else. I want us to stop right here. We're gonna be dissecting scripture, point to really understand this. Clearly, Delilah is cuckoo, cuckoo. and is allowing the enemy to use her. That's, that's one thing. It's one thing to say, okay, Satan is tempting me to be tempted so when we are seeing that in this scripture I, would, I honestly didn't even realize it until the Holy Spirit brought it to my remembrance she's asking him please tell me what makes you so strong and how he could have left been like you know what why is she trying to tie me up this chick is crazy you know like I'm about to book it like all that stuff instead he actually entertains her and in the Garden of Eden, if Eve did not reply to the enemy, she did not need to eat the fruit of, what was it, the tree of knowledge of evil, the knowledge of from good. She didn't need to even fall if she didn't entertain the enemy first. So what happens before you fall is the entertainment of the sin. Before you actually end up going to do whatever you're about to do, if the enemy can just get you to entertain it, Because it takes the entertainment of the enemy to first get him into the door. The Bible says do not give the enemy a foothold. Not even that. When you give the enemy just a foothold into the door, he's like, all right, now I can start getting into the God has given her. So the next point that we're going to do, distractions happen until you entertain them. The Bible says that the enemy has already been defeated. That means that we have already given, God has already given us the authority to defeat the enemy. But that also doesn't mean that we need to test the Lord either. I'm not going to put myself 
if I know that the Lord has already given me the authority to say, you know what, I'm not going to even step into that. That's right, that's right. So what we need to do is we need to have better understanding as to what, and also with the statistics, not the statistics, the strategies of the enemy. If my enemy knows that I'm getting in the ring and he keeps trying to push me on my left, then that means I'm going to be doing it on his right. And if I'm not fully aware same old tricks. Some of us keep getting caught in the same old patterns. Year after year after year after it's the same. No, for real, I'm coming for myself. Because the Lord is speaking to me, I'm preaching to myself. Okay, the Lord is really speaking to me. But it's just like, why can we... You know when you're just like, I want to want to? I want to get it right? But the Lord has to check the pattern as well. You can't keep making the same old patterns expecting different results. That is the definition. Doing the same thing, expecting something different. So when you keep doing the same old thing, expecting to go to the same old house, hopefully not y'all, and you keep getting caught up in the same old Delilah, you can't get mad when you get tied up. Because then the Lord's like, I told you not to do it. But you have to be sovereign. God's always sovereign. But he doesn't have, you don't have to experience something in order to know I don't have to go through it. Point, distractions have no power until you entertain them. Are y'all receiving this? This is good. Alright. Alright, so the story continues. So the Philistine rulers brought Delilah seven new bowstrings, and she what? That's a whole other conversation. She had hidden men, she had hidden some men in one of the inner rooms of her house, and she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson as a piece of string snaps when it is burned by a fire. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. One second. He's with a woman that he's what? He's in love with her. So, not only is he in love with her, he's also acting, you know, immature. So, yeah, out of the flesh. He could have easily said, you know what, because I love you, I'm going to tell you all the secrets. Everything. But something in him is telling him, like, yes, I know you're in love with her, but you better not tell her, you better cut your hair. So even though he is in the middle of being distracted and starting the distraction, the Holy Spirit is still telling him, you better not say it. Don't you say it. So even though you may be aware of not letting the enemy get you so weak that you are now letting him ride the story and not the Lord. So afterward, Delilah said to him, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now, please tell me what securely. And Samson replied again. If I were tied up with brand new ropes that have never been used, I would become as weak as anyone else. So clearly he is aware of his strength. But what is also problem is pride. 
Pride is what's telling him, oh, well, you know, if I were tied up, I would be as weak as anybody else, and he snaps the strings. So pride is what's keeping him as well in the relationship. Wow. Because he is not willing to wow. humble he is not willing to humble himself and the Holy Spirit can't check him. Amen. Because he is not letting the Holy Spirit speak to him. It's not that the Holy Spirit isn't speaking. Amen. It's that he is not listening. So because he is being prideful, pride is getting in the It's like static. You know when you're like on a car, or you're trying to listen to the radio, and there's all this static, and you kind of hear something, but it's super faint because there's all this static, that's pride. It's getting in the way of him hearing clearly from the Holy Spirit. So Delilah took new ropes. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm moving along, and I didn't even put the screen. I'm sorry. Okay. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him up with them. The men were hiding in the inner room as the Delilah cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But again, Samson snapped the rope. Then Delilah said, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Isn't it interesting? And you will tell me the truth, but she's the one who's deceiving him the whole time. No, okay, no, for real. That's another thing. I'm gonna make this one little point because I felt like the Holy Spirit was last night. Red flags are red flags. They're not wearing red flags. Stop ignoring them. When people show you who you are, you need to believe them. Okay? That God can't deliver somebody from it, but it doesn't mean that you need to be somebody else's collateral damage because you are choosing to be ignorant. There's no ignoring the red flag if you don't see it. You're just choosing to be ignorant to it. So, where am I at? Because now I'm getting caught up. Okay. Where I say? Then Delilah. Okay. Sorry, moving on. And telling me lies. Now tell me how you can be purely. What does it say? Samson replied. What does it say? Samson replied. Three times. After this, after the second time, there are done okay because not only is she trying to tie him up she's trying to capture him for her own if you were to weave the seven braids of my hair fabric of your loom and tighten it with the loom shuttle i would become as weak as anyone else slept Delilah wove the seven way, the seven braids of his hair into the fabric. Next point. I'm gonna just dissect it. Hmm. Distractions always steal your strength when you are most unaware of them. Not only is she getting better at tricking him before, did until he was sleeping. So we can assume he was oh he was up, yeah. but now she's waiting until he is sleeping to trick him. And when you are unaware that the enemy is distracting you, it is so much easier to get distracted. Yeah. When you are sleeping, Amen. 
you are going to be easily caught up into the Bible. The Bible says to be on guard. We are not ignorant of the enemy's devices because the Bible has already revealed everything that he is doing. But when you are not dedicating yourself to consecrating yourself in the word, it is so much easier to get distracted. So things are not, you're not discerning the voice of the Holy Spirit. Like I said before, everything is going to look good. Everything is going to look good. Because Samson is not clear, Delilah looks good. It looks good. But is it good? No, clearly, because she's being extremely prideful. All right, so now I'm going to speak a story from my personal life. This is actually funny. Now it's funny, but before it was not funny. So I'm talking to you guys and saying, okay, yeah, the Lord has been this message, blah, blah, blah. So a couple weeks ago, I was, I think I had like finished, it was Saturday night in my room, and I had finished prepping for the kids early or something like prep. And I was like, you know what, it's like a good 8.30, I got time, I'm going to chill, I'm going to watch some Netflix, I'm going to watch a Gilmore Girls episode, you know, those are like 45 minutes long. But I was like, you know what, I have some time. Turns into two episodes. Turns into me scrolling on my phone. Turns into it being midnight. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get up for church the next morning, I need to go to sleep. And now my mind is completely going to bed because scientifically not to be that person but scientifically when you're on your screen late at night your mind it's easier for your mind to go racing it's easier for you to fall to fall asleep when you are on your screen getting distracted because something with the technology and stuff like that you know so I was like oh my gosh lord and but not only did that happen I ended up doing into the same pattern the other, the next day, and the next day. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I have this late, oh my gosh, I need to be getting myself together. It was because of the pattern. Distractions don't look bad in the beginning, yeah. but once you get caught up, yeah. you unravel, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I was going to bed at 3 a.m. in the morning. What was I thinking? But it all started with one scroll. It all starts with one text. It doesn't start with the sex. It starts with you actually texting the person and entertaining them. Okay? You don't see the fall first. You see the distraction that led into the fall. Okay? So what we are trying to do now is instead of us continuing to be bulk in distraction, we're going to be bulk in the spirit today. Because we are not going to continue to allow certain certain patterns that have been trying to choke and kill and destroy the purpose that God has on our lives. Alright, so what was the first point? Distractions have no power until you entertain them. Okay, that was the first point. Second point, Distractions always steal your strength when you are unaware of them. All right, continuing on the story. All right. Then she tightened it with the then she tightened it with the loom shuttle. 
And again she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. At this point, Samson cannot blame anybody else but himself. Amen. Yes, Delilah has her problems, but he keeps putting himself in position to be with her. Okay? The Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson woke up and pulled back the loom shuttle and yanked his hair away from the loom and the fabric. Then Delilah pouted. How can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? Isn't it interesting that Delilah never says she loves Samson? She is now saying, you say you love me, but you are not being honest with me, basically. But what is interesting is now she's deceiving him and manipulating him. People want to talk, well not people, we're going to say society, wants to say that, you know, not, I am not, this is no shade to any men in here, whatsoever, because I do not believe that any men in here are this way. That men are bad, and men are horrible, and men are this, and men are that. Okay. But, one, that's not true, okay? Men are not evil. But when men have a spirit that is not checked of deception, that's what's evil. Okay? And anyone can have that deception. Women? A manipulative woman? She can completely derail everything in your life. And I am not just saying that. I am speaking for the women species. Okay? Women have a power with their words. And when women know that a man is in love with them, yep. <laughs> you are wrapped around their finger, literally. So when men are not, because men are what? Their first instinct is they are physical. Women are emotional. So when a woman is in tune with your emotions and she's physically good to you, attractive, as in she's attractive. We're not, okay? She's physically attractive to you, okay? Let me correct myself. She's physically attractive to you and you like her in tune, you have good conversation with her. That's a problem. Because she's going to get you caught up so quick. Because if you are not being discerning, I'm going to keep saying that word because it's so important. Discernment, you need to live life with the lens of discernment. Because discernment is what helps you to navigate what's good and what is not good. So, keep talking. You've made fun of me three times now, and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. She tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. My hair has never been cut, he confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as anyone else. Y'all, this is so sad. And you know what's so sad? Is that sometimes we have even ended up where Samson has been. It's easy to look at someone else's life and be like, what were you thinking? There were red flags. We see the red flags throughout the entire story. But sometimes even we have been not discerning. Next point. 
We're just moving right along here. Amen. Distractions become dangerous when you love them more than they love you. The Bible says that God should be our first love. Amen. And when distractions become so much of a pattern and tied into our lives that they become idols, and now you are listening to what the distraction is saying more than what God is saying, that's even more of a problem. Because now the enemy has you right where he wants you. Now his voice is sounding like truth, and God's voice is sounding like lies. Because God's going to tell you not what you want to hear all the time, but what you need to hear. The enemy is going to tell you what you want to hear until he gets what he wants, and you are just like, what was I thinking? How did I end up in this situation? So when we have more of a love for the distraction than we have a love for God, there is a clearly there is an imbalance. And I'm going to get into how we can get rid of this, because God is not going to leave his children hanging. Not only does he reveal truth, he also corrects us into truth. So we're not going to just continue to say, okay, I need to work on this, we need to work on that. We need to work on some things, but God's going to show us step by step how to do it. Okay? All right. So what are the points? I like this y'all. This is cute. Okay. Continuing. So let me see. The first point was what? Distractions. No power. So you entertain them. Okay? That was the first point. Second point? When you are most unaware of them. Okay? And the last point? Distractions become dangerous when you love them more than they love you. All right. Moving right along. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth. So she sent the Philistines, she sent for the Philistine rulers, come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with the money in their hands. This part is crazy. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. No, for real. So, not only is Samson distracted by her, he has a trust with her. So much so that he thinks he can lie asleep in her lap. Once again, after everything she had done, some water. I do, but I feel like I can't stop talking. After she had done all of these crazy things, he's still with her. But a part of him still thinks that he can trust her. Okay? Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Now I get why she gets I get so out of here. All right. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, she began to bring him down, and his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you again. When he woke up, he thought, now this is interesting. I'll do as I've done before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. That was good. Isn't this, this story, 
is so sad. Because he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. That's the scariest part. That's crazy. It's not getting caught up. That's the problem. Well, it is a problem. But what the enemy wants more than you getting caught up is for you to be away from the Lord. If he can pull you away from the Lord, he can steal what God has put on the inside of you. Not that God's purpose has not left you. God's purpose is always still on the inside of you. Every purpose, every person that God has birthed into this world has a purpose. But the enemy can distract you from your purpose and eventually steal you away from the Lord. Next point. Distractions manipulate you from walking out of your God-given purpose. That is a distraction's purpose. Amen. Literally. A distraction is simply to get you off guard. It is supposed to get you off track. It's like a detour. If you're walking and a distraction gets in your way, it's like a detour from what God has given you. That's all that it is. And when the enemy can get you into a detour, now you have on, you're on the plan and purpose that he has for you. God has a purpose for you, and so does the enemy. Amen. Okay? His purpose is to use you for his glory and to now twist and, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, when, when the enemy is distort. like... Distort? Yes, distort. Thank you. He now is distorting the gift that God has given you for him. Yeah. Yeah. Beyonce has a gift of singing. God gave her that gift. How she uses that gift is another, is another thing. Okay? So what God wants to use, he wants to use the gifts that he has given you for his glory. So people can see his creativity and him on the inside of you. It is not for our personal gain at all. Yes, there comes with the benefits of God being able to use us and us being able to receive favor from not just him, but from other people. But at the end of the day, it is for his glory. And when we get caught up in pride, that is a huge problem. Samson knew his strength. He was strong physically, but weak emotionally and spiritually. You can be strong in one area, but incredibly immature in another. And if you are not understanding and aware of what the Holy Spirit has given you and what he's trying to tell you, you're going to become weaker and weaker and weaker over time. But we're not going to stop there because, God, we thank you for his grace. Okay? So distractions manipulate you from walking out of your God-given purpose. But this this is the last part that I want us to really focus on. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. His eyes, his eyes were basically removed out and scraped out. So not only was he spiritually blind, he was physically blind too. And they took him to Gaza, which was the city, where he was bound 
with bronze chains. See, distractions don't tell you. The enemy doesn't tell you that he's trying to bind you up. He just makes it look good so that you end up binding yourself up. And forced to grind grain in the prison. But listen to this. But before long, his hair began to grow back. Can we just thank God for a second? Like, God does not leave us distracted. And God does not leave us in the enemy's camp. Even if we walked in there ourselves. God will always have a plan and action to get you out. Always. And it will be an even bigger testimony for his glory. So either way, he's going to get the glory either way. Whether we stay on track or we detour and we get back, God's going to get the glory. All the time. Last point. <laughs> Distractions steal our sight. But the Lord restores our vision. Amen. Always. Always. Vision is what sees not just the future, but vision is what sees us and guides us into the plan and purpose that God has for us. It's a specific, um, how can I say this? Vision is discernment that God has given us for our future. So the Lord, the enemy wants to steal our sight because he cannot steal the purpose that God has for us. So what he can do is he can get us to see, he can steal what we see right now, the now. But God's going to restore our future and redeem the times for us, no matter what. I don't care how dark things got, I don't care how detoured you got, God is going to always be able to restore everything that the enemy stole from you. Everything. And then some. So it's going to work for his glory either way. And we thank God for that, okay? So let's go over the uh, let's go over the points one more time, okay? Just starting with this one: distractions steal our sight, but the Lord restores our vision. Distractions manipulate you from walking out of your God-given purpose. All right. Third point: distractions become dangerous when you love them more than they love you. Distractions. Always steal your strength when you are most unaware of them. And the first point was distractions have no power until you entertain them. All right. So this is not where um, Samson's story ends. God doesn't put a period just yet. And we thank God for real. All right. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. I, oh, backstory. I'm sorry. So, at this time, we jump down a little bit, because now Samson has been captured by the Philistines, and now they're trying to have this huge festival, because they're so happy that they captured their enemy. So now they bring him out between these two pillars to kind of, like, amuse them, and be like, oh, Samson, like, let's bring him out, like, you know, like, we captured him. So now this is where we are. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple. Pushing against them with both hands, he prayed, 
let me die with the Philistines. And a temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. So even though he had gotten distracted and killed thousands of Philistines, God still allowed his death to be more memorable and bring more glory to him than he was when he was alive. And he had his hair. So God does not allow the period on our lives to end when we get distracted or caught up. God is always going to bring it back to his glory. Always. And not only that, Samson is now in the Hall of Fame, Faith, in Hebrews 11. So out of his worst mistake came the greatest victory for God. So because of that, God honored him because he was able to humble himself, repent and turn. That's what repentance is. You see it, you repent, and you turn away from it. You don't repent and go back to it. And even though you may be going back to it, we are making a decision today. We are turning away from it. We are not going to keep getting caught up in the things that keep catching us up for the enemy. We are turning away from it. Okay? So how do you get out of the distraction? I want all of you guys to write this down because this is so important. Discernment. That's the first thing. I said that multiple times, but we're going to say it again. Discernment. Because it is so much harder to fight someone that you don't know is there. If we are ignorant of the enemy, it's easier to get caught up. And James 1 verse 5 says, those who lack wisdom, ask. If you don't have discernment in a certain area, ask God. God's not trying to leave you hanging. Ask him. Come to him boldly and confidently with a pure and humble heart, thanking him first, okay? Thanking him for everything that he has done and then ask him. Second thing, direction. God's word, Psalms 119 verse 105, the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. God's word helps us to clearly see what is for us and what is against us. So the word is not just a guide, it's also a weapon. Ephesians 6, 17 through 18 says that the word is a sword of the spirit. We can cut through any type of lie that the enemy is trying to tell us. Any type of deception, we can clearly see through it because we are using the word of God to cut through it. And the next thing, and this is the last thing, discipleship. Accountability will save your life. We are not meant to live life on our own. And even if you think you got it, you can never be too... We're always maturing until Christ comes. And God can use somebody else to speak through them to get to you. God's clearly going to first want to speak to you, but he can use somebody else to speak to you too. And sometimes that person will also confirm what God has already been saying in the first place. That person is to be a confirmation to what God has already been telling us. Okay? But God can use somebody and use accountability in the body of Christ to keep us on track. Okay? Matthew 18 verse 20 says, let me pull it up real quick. 
Actually, can somebody pull that for me? Because I want to make sure I have the right. Um, NLT, please. Mm-hmm. If you have it, you can just read it out loud. That's fine. Where two or three are gathered, gathered in my name, there I am with them. Read it one more time, please. <laughs> For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Isn't that so good? So where we are in a body of Christ and where God is in the center, God is there too. And God is going to honor that. So I'm about to close this out. But before I do, I want us to all stand. I want us to all stand. Because now we have, the Lord has used the discernment of the word of God to now make us aware of the, whole, of the enemy. We now have steps to get out. But now I want you guys, because now God has done his job. Now it's up for y'all to do your job. Faith without works is dead. And something that the Lord has used to help me, to help me get in agreement with what him is confessions. Confessing and believing helps you to realize that now you're putting your faith into works because you're putting it and you're speaking it. Okay, now angels can go to work on behalf of you. So what we're going to do is we're going to say these confessions and we're not just going to say them like we're going to say them. We're going to believe them. Okay? So I want you guys to repeat after me. I am not easily distracted. I am not easily distracted. I am not deceived by the enemy. I am not deceived by the enemy. I walk in wisdom of the Holy Spirit. I walk in wisdom of the Holy Spirit. God's word word is my direction. My direction. I live life life with accountability. accountability. One more time. One more time. I am not easily distracted. I am not easily distracted. I am not deceived by the enemy. I am not deceived by the enemy. I walk in wisdom of the Holy Spirit. I walk in wisdom of the Holy Spirit. God's word word is my direction. And I live life life with accountability. accountability. Can we just thank God real quick? (laughs) Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. God, we thank you. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are not leaving us distracted, Lord. You are getting us back on track starting today. And God, right now I ask that hearts are softened to repent of anything Anything that could have derailed them. Anything, Father God. And God, I ask in the name of Jesus that if people do not have a place where they can go to for accountability, that you would show them, Holy Spirit, show them who you want them to be with, Father God. That they are going to be able to be counseled by people who are in the body of Christ to strengthen them, not judge them, but to strengthen them, Father God, where they are weak. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So at this time, we had our youth takeover service, right? Can we just give one more round of applause for our kids? I am so proud of them. But before we leave, I have to move this real quick, just so you know. 
you, sorry. Uh, just grab it right over there, please. Yep. Thank you. Before we leave, I want to pray over the kids. I want to pray over the kids because they're going, they live in a society where I can't even imagine the distractions that are pulling them left and right. And thank God that they are surrounded by people that are counseling them. But I want us to pray over them and be able to pray and believe that, you know, school school already started. But pray that when they go back to school, that they're the light. And that they're not the ones conforming. People are conforming to them. So can I have the kids come up? I want all the kids. All the babies. All the babies. All the babies. Okay. Yeah. You guys can come up too. You guys can come up too. Parents? Yeah, just to help pray over. Or just stretch forth your hands. Stretch forth your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. All right, can we just reach forth our hands, stretch forth our hands real quick to them? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, God, we thank you for the calling and the purpose that you have on each and every one of their lives, God. God, I thank you that they are willing to be used by you and for you, Lord. God, we thank you, Father God, that you are going to honor them and bless each and every one of them just for being in your presence today and for wanting to serve and give back to you, Lord. And God, I ask in the name of Jesus that the service would not stop here. God, I thank you that they will continue to serve, Father God, wherever you plant them, Father God. Where they are planted, they would bloom and grow and be multiply, they multiply and produce for your glory, Lord. They will multiply and produce the gifts and the callings that you have on their lives, God. And God, I thank you, Lord, that you are going to be able to use them, Father God, to impact their teachers, Father God, to impact adults. Adults would look at them and say they want to be more like them, Father God, because they see that the light of Christ that is in them, Father God. And God, I thank you that their peers will begin to see them as well, Father God, that they would want to um, continue to grow more like them and want to be friends with them, Father God, and that they would conform to them and the spirit on the inside of them, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You guys are good now. Thank you. You guys can go back to your seats. All right. And the last thing, I don't ever want us to leave. We're talking about distractions to purpose, distractions to what God has given us. And it would be wrong of me 